All right, welcome in on February 10th, 2021. And this is, I think this is our first uh, Potty Pod Cinema of the year. Is of that the right? year. Man, it we is. are behind. Although, to be fair, there's not a ton of movies that have been coming out in 2020. The TV's been good, but not a ton of movies. Correct, correct. Yeah, 2021, it's, it's still, the jury's still out, but it looks like we're going to get most of them in a big glut coming out this year. Yeah, Marvel pushed everything back to 2021, but the good news is like all the TV shows and all the movies look like they're going to be coming like pretty quickly out, and we're going to get a big bulk of that, which has been fantastic so far uh, with WandaVision, which we'll get into later. And then football usually takes a big chunk out of our time during the fall, but now that that's over, uh, it, time to start getting back to the movie list. Uh, one of the ones that yeah, we and I... Sorry, go ahead. Well... Oh, sorry, I was just going to say, uh, before you get into it, uh, you know, the Super Bowl was this past weekend, and mm-hmm. uh, everybody knows, you know, it's known for having all these great movie trailers, right? Fun little fact, in 2020, there was $57 million spent on advertising for the blockbuster movies coming out that year, none of which aired. <laughs> none of which have come out yet. Uh, and so, yeah, that's... Uh, that's a lot of money that was spent on advertising that was just a waste. And if you notice, most of them did not have an ad this year in the Super Bowl. There was no Bond trailer. There was no Black Widow trailer. You know, most of those, they're just like they chalked it up as a loss and they're not going to spend any more money on it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the good news is hopefully we start getting those pretty soon. The vaccines are coming out. I'm hoping by summer, uh, theaters start to open up. Things start to get a little bit back to normal. And I just I miss I miss going to the movies so much I miss it so much I've been rewatching all the Avengers movies in order just because I miss that big budget movie uh, experience yeah um, but we've been getting some we've been getting a little, a little bit of the like the indie movies that they like the big movies they they've got the budget they're going to sit on because they want to you know recoup that that investment but with some of the indie movies they haven't been doing so they've been giving them to Amazon or Netflix and just kind of like look we'll just sell you these we'll break even or maybe get a little bit of cash and just kind of move on so we've been getting a lot more of those uh the first one is uh sound of metal which came out just recently and it it came out on amazon it says it came on imdb it says the movie's in 2019 but it got pushed and that the release date was december 4th so this one we can consider for our award show so uh this is i guess one of the first ones of the year that we'll be talking about what did you think of it? Uh, I, I very much enjoyed it. Um, it was uh, Riz Ahmed um, is fantastic. So I was really excited to see him anyway. I really didn't care what the movie was going to be, to be honest with you. He's one of those guys that I, I'm just I'm interested right away. But okay. um, but man, he was he was great. He had this nervous energy about him, uh, like an addict, as it was supposed to. And, and Olivia Cook was great. Um, it was interesting that they used actual deaf people throughout the film. Uh, I, I'm glad they did that. Um, but yeah, overall, uh, the movie was fantastic. And, uh, you know, a brief overview, of course, you know, is he's a heavy metal drummer and um, finds out very quickly in the movie that his hearing is going very quickly, like it's going to be gone immediately. Um, and there's nothing they can do to save it. He doesn't have the money for the implant. He has to go to basically a rehab center for, for people who are deaf who have to, you know, prepare their life for the fact that this is happening and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, and it was, it was great. Yeah. So it's, um, the writer director is Darius Martyr. Uh, the only thing he'd really done before of note was he wrote, uh, the place beyond the pines with 
Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Gosling, Bradley Cooper, and I cannot remember who the female lead was in that now. Um, it was Ava Mendez, who became his wife. Oh, wow. Ryan Gosling's wife. Oh, okay. So, fair enough. Uh, yeah, and that was, I, I tell you what, I made it halfway through that movie, which is basically like two movies into one. It's like three hours long. I enjoyed what I saw, but I kept falling asleep. Uh, I got to go back and finish it at some point. This movie. Yeah, I, admit it, I never watched it either. Yeah. This movie is basically, it's basically two people. Uh, well, I'd say three people. Uh, Riz Ahmed, who you and I both very much enjoy. And like you said, I don't really need to know what it's about. I'll watch him do anything. Uh, Olivia Cook who's fastly becoming one of my favorites, and she was amazing in this. Uh, and Paul Racy, who was a former addict and also comes from deaf parents, so was fluent in ASL and has been a big proponent for that. And he was really fan. I don't really know him in anything else, but he was fantastic in this. Uh, and a quick cameo by Matthew Almerick, who is really good. I wish he was in more stuff. I really like that guy. But the movie starts off real slow, and it's about... You and I had discussed this off air about the about the music, which is basically a band with just Riz Ahmed and Olivia Cook. It's god awful. It's just loud noise. Like it's not. I don't. You wouldn't want this sound. I think that was the the point, though. I mean, it was yeah. loud noise, and that's letting you know. Oh, well, that's clearly why his hearing's gone. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's no, it's no wonder. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and so all of a sudden his hearing's going out, and it, it happens quickly, and so she decides. Okay, you got to go to this this place. Their their manager finds this place for him to go for people that are uh, deaf and former. Well, wasn't his, it wasn't his manager. It was his AA uh, sponsor. Oh, was that who it was? Yeah, yeah, it was his AA. It was their AA sponsor. He called him and said, "Look, we need help." And uh, he said, "Yeah." He said, "Well, what you need is this, and 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 uh, it's this place, and and that's where he sent him." Okay, uh, so. Uh, Riz Ahmed and Olivia Cook, you find out he's been four years sober and they've been together four years. And you kind of put together, okay, you just, you, you've traded one addiction for another. And then when you see them leaving, it's basically like he's going through withdrawals, being away from her. And so he goes to the center and he still, he starts getting better. And then you see she's living in france she's doing well and he decides i've got to get i've got to get the the cochlear implants which is kind of it right now it's still kind of like they do it for babies and stuff but it's not it's not really hearing anymore or hearing again and so he's trying to sell off everything he owns basically still for the addiction he's still trying to chase that addiction and i don't i don't want to give anything too much away if you don't see it but it's he goes to France, and it's uh, it's basically just it's story of an addiction, but it's just different kinds. And yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, to the point where he's even not breaking into their house to steal things to pawn, but he's breaking into the house to get videos of what she's been up to since she's been gone, mm-hmm. and it's like getting little hits of that, and uh, and then selling everything he owns to to get back to her and to get more of that drug, you know, and and only find out that yeah, you're right. It's, you're the addiction that I, you know, you would have been addicted to, and this, this isn't healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he was bringing her down too, which you find out again in its own way. So yeah, no, it was a, it was a really well done movie. Yeah, yeah, because at the beginning she's kind of grunged out and she looks terrible. I mean, I don't think she's a drug addict. Uh, it didn't allude to that, but she look, I mean, she looks strung out. And then when she goes back to France with her family, she looks better. She looks healthy. 
and yeah, you like you said, they were both they were so codependent. They were both kind of addicts with each other. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yep. and the, the, when the movie started, it's a slow burn, and it took me a while to like kind of get into it. Like I, I kept waiting for it to get. I was like, ah, oh, that's too bad. It's, it's good actors, but the story's meh. But it kept getting better and better. And then the final scene was fantastic. And then after that, this was one of those movies where I, could, I couldn't stop thinking about it for like the next like day or two. I kept thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, did like went on IMDb, looked at the trivia stuff, and it's uh, the more I thought about it, like the more I kept picking up little things here and there that I just like that, that I like, Oh, I didn't even think about that. And then like, maybe I was thinking too much into it, but it was just things that I picked up that I don't know that I thought felt gave it kind of a clue of what was going to happen. But I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fantastic. I kept, I kept liking it more and more. Um, I gave it an 8.5. What did you give it? Uh, you know, I, I give it an 8.4 just to be contrarian to you. Uh, <laughs> but, right. but I think it was, I think it was, I'm just, yeah, that's, it's right in that range. It, uh, I wouldn't call it like instant award winner. You know what I mean? But like, it was definitely up there. It was, it was, it was better than good. <laughs> I, if you want to put it in those terms, it was better than good. The, I would give Riz Ahmed and Olivia Cook. I would definitely nominate for best actor, best supporting actor. Um, yes. And, uh, the script you could put for you could put I believe put for best screenplay. The director's young. I thought it was good. Um, yeah, it was it was fine. I would like to. I'm interested. I would like to follow them. Uh, Darius Martyr. I would like to keep track and see what their next project is because I think it, it showed a lot of promise. It looks like you. Yeah, it looks like he wrote it with his brother. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, the brother. The brother is. Uh, it's another <laughs> same last name. Uh, at this point, on I just got out of it but uh yeah it looks like they, they wrote it together okay it'd be, it'd be interesting fantastic so and this was originally supposed to be off of based off it was going to be a documentary uh based off of a real couple uh and that was it, oh really yes it, some of the facts changed but it was going to be off of a real couple and then things just kept falling through falling through eventually uh the person that was going to do it gave it to darius martyr and said here See if you can do something with this. I just don't. I won't be able to make it. And so he turned this around and did this. And good for him, man. Uh, so I would recommend this one. I I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I'll I will probably watch it again in like a like a year. And like I feel like it's one of those where I pick up more things. Like oh man, okay, and just appreciate it that much more. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move on to the next one. The next big one that kind of came out, and that was the little things. Uh, you and I were both really excited about this. It, the cast is ridiculous. Uh, Denzel Washington, Rami Malek, Jared Leto. That's kind of the bulk of the cast. There's other ones. Oh, you know what? Natalie Morales is in it a little bit. I was excited to see her. I think she's good. And I, I kind of, I'm expecting, I keep waiting for her to kind of like take off. And I think she's it's just, not a surprise. She's, she's great. Yeah. yeah. And I keep just waiting and for Chris, that one role. Someone's going to give her a role and she's going to just run with it. And, uh, this wasn't it. Yeah. I was kind of hoping it would be, but it's basically Denzel. Well, she, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but uh, Natalie, Natalie Morales was also in that uh, Santa Clarita Diet. Yeah, uh, as a main character, they brought her on season two, full time main character, and she killed it. That, killed that makes it. sense. She's she's good at that. Uh, so the writer director for this was John Lee Hancock. Um, he wrote The Blind Side, directed Mr. Banks, uh, kind of you know Snow White and the Huntsman did some kind of lighter stuff uh but i mean good enough 
it, it sounded like prom, it all sounded promising. It was boring, man. It was real boring. It was slow. I, and you and I talked about this off the air is that like we couldn't figure out there's something off. I don't know if it was the pacing. I don't know. I couldn't put my finger on it, but there was something missing from this that I couldn't figure out. It felt like it was trying to push its way through so fast to get to Jared Leto, which I understand because he was amazing in it, that it didn't really set up the rest of the story. Like it just moved too fast for the rest of the story. And it felt like it kind of glossed over things. Yeah, the, uh, you know, the the mystery wasn't so much who did it. You you figure on figure out pretty early on that he's clearly the one who did it. Or, or well, let, let me rephrase that. They they the, the movie wants you to believe that he's the one that did it. Mm-hmm. But the, the mystery that you're trying to solve basically that's interthreaded in is what did he do? Denzel Washington's character do, do before? Because there's some reason everybody hates him and he was kicked out and lives out in the boonies now, where he's a sheriff and all this stuff and. Um, but was a legend, like was line. a legend with the with the LA department at some point, because Rami Malek, who's a young detective, is like enthralled with him. Right, but yeah, because yeah, he's and you know, he's the new up and coming version. He took his his spot, and that storyline was just wildly underwhelming. Uh, like the big, you know, reveal of what had happened previously, just they just kind of show it to you, like here it was, and, yeah. and it wasn't there wasn't like any crescendo to it. You weren't just, you were like, oh my God, that was what happened. Uh, now I get it all. It didn't all come together. You're like, sounds like what happened was exactly what happened. You kind of guessed that early on. So there was no, there was just never a twist or a thrill to it. And then the ending was, uh, was an open-ended ending to a degree. I didn't um, actually mind the ending too much. And I know you, you told me I didn't, I didn't like mind this movie because I don't like open-ending endings a lot yeah but i actually didn't mind it i didn't mind the ending i thought the ending was was fine it was but then it just kind of like but then after that they the prologue was just kind of like meh like it just kind of meh and then okay then it's credits all right well that was that's what i mean like if it's an open-ended uh they could have ended it openly in the way that they did i don't want to give too much away but what they did could have worked great if that storyline of denzel's had ended in a fun climax and the backstory that made it all make sense and then you see that what they do now what happened was basically an extension of that happening all over again to the young guy so it could have been a cool ending i just i feel like where it all failed was just the backstory of denzel i feel like that that there was so much built up to that and then nothing came from it that it was just it was just really disappointing I, I felt like it had a lot of elements that could have made it a, a really good movie. I mean, Lord knows. Mm-hmm. Jer- and Jared Leto in this was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Like, Best Supporting Actor nominated. Unbelievable. He was so good in it. But, uh, and so creepy. I felt like there was a lot of elements. It just, I felt like it was unfinished. Like, the whole, they needed yeah, to do another draft. Yeah. yeah, it just needed another draft and another, like, another look over. But, like, it had a lot of elements that could have been good. Uh, it was it, it disappointing. Uh, I ended up giving it, it a six point seven. I believe you gave it a seven point two, which is awfully high in my opinion. I, 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 higher than I really wanted to. I think I, I, I overcompensated for the fact that the acting was amazing. I and I, I did thought the, same. the ending, the ending was I want to say brave. <laughs> like it was, it was. I liked it. I thought it was a good ending for what the culture is going through at the time with you know the distrust of police and things like that. So I thought it was. I thought that was amazing. I heard an interesting thing. Uh, I saw maybe you know a Reddit thing or something, but people said that you know if 
if Jared Leto had played the Joker exactly how he played this character, it would have been amazing. Yeah, you know and what? I was that's like, true. I was like, yeah, I was like, that's that's a good point. Like he, that was a perfect Joker character, mysterious, dark, twisted. Don't know what's happening with him in the back. Yeah, I was like, that was it was a really great performance. It just felt like he it was the wrong one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, but. Hopefully he brings that to the Snyder Cut. Yeah, exactly, which it looks like they will. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little um, later. So IMDb gave it a 6.3. I, I gave it a 6.7 for the same reason you gave it a 7.2, and that the acting was so amazing, but the movie was like yeah. the movie was like a, a five and a half. I could say a five and a half, uh, maybe six, but the acting was so good, I gave it a 6.7. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll agree with you on that for sure. Yeah, all right. Uh, let's move on to so I'm late to the party on this one. You've been telling me forever to watch it, uh, and that's Midsummer, and uh, that's on me. I should have I should have watched a long time ago. The problem the problem is it's it's like a two and a half hour movie, and it's long. Yeah, and it's Ari Oster is the writer and director, the same guy that did Hereditary, which you and I both very much liked. Um, yeah, and also this, a long movie. But yes, yeah. yeah, and this felt this felt. Like the same writer director is hereditary. It's, didn't it? Yeah. It's so yeah. it's not scary. It's just creepy. It's just unbelievably creepy, and it makes your skin crawl. And they, it, it lets it kind of lets the movie breathe. Like, it it sets what you kind of know what's going to happen a little bit in the movie, and then just kind of it eases you into it. And I think that's what makes it that much more unsettling. But it was yeah. it was dynamite. That's the best way to it. put it. it is, is unsettling and and I, I found that there was a lot of similarities to this in hereditary uh hereditary mm-hmm. which which is what was so interesting to me when i watched that movie last you know second uh was that oh this is still this is another cult you know doing some secretive evil things in the background and and i wonder if because i believe hereditary was was that no that was prior to midsummer yeah uh hereditary came out uh, 2018. This came out the following year, 2019. Oh wow. Okay. Because I, I was because Midsummer seemed it was basically the Wicker Man, right? It was like a it was like an updated version of the Wicker Man to a weird degree. And, I have no um, idea. I've never seen the Wicker uh, Man. Okay. Yeah. Very. Man goes to a town that's basically all women, only to find out that he's not saving them. You know, on a, some mystery murder that he's trying to solve. That they're actually setting him up to burn him alive in in a Wicker Man set up in a festival at the end of the day so very similar okay. very similar um not exactly the same but it, i was wondering if he had had to do midsummer as like a studio mandated like wicker man update in order to get hereditary but but hereditary was first so it's interesting yeah um, he, he just he hasn't he has a uh, a genre he likes <laughs> well but and, and and what's interesting is and i get that because midsummer seems like it would be the one that comes out beforehand because it seemed like it would have been yeah. really cheap to make they're making it in scandinavia yeah. during the summer yep. so they've got all this day daylight hours so they can shoot pretty much whenever they need to the cast is mm-hmm. it's not unknowns but it's all up and coming people like this is what kind of put i think florence Pugh on the map and she was uh she was unbelievable in this she, i mean right. that was a level right. acting i didn't know existed um, yeah, she, he seems to get the If you look at uh, Hereditary 2, he seems to get the absolute best acting out of his actors. I agree. Uh, William Jackson Harper, uh, most most notably known for being cheaty and The Good Place, was fantastic in it. Will Poulter, 
who I think is underrated, who's been in quite a few things. He was in the Maze Runner movies. He was in that, what was that movie with uh, Jennifer Aniston and Jason Sudeikis and Emma Roberts where they're, they're driving the Winnebago. It's a funny, it's a stupid funny movie. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We are the Millers. Yes. We are the Millers. Uh, underrated movie. And he he steals every scene he's in in that. Uh, so really good cast. Enjoyable movie. I mean, it was... It was two and a half hours. I mean, it didn't feel like two and a half. I mean, you could tell it was a long movie. It did not feel like sure. two and a half hours. Like it, it moves, and it's a slow movie. Like it is a, it should be a slow burn, but it's it, it, it runs crisply. Like there's not a wasted motion, and so I, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Um, I don't remember what I gave it. I have to look that up. But uh, I think you. I think we both gave it eight. Yeah, and uh, man, I don't. That might even be kind of low. I, I don't know. Agreed. I, I would give it more than that. I would. I give it an eight point four. You gave it an eight. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No. I. I could. Uh. You know. I. I could easily be persuaded into a higher grade on that one. You I should guess, be. That's, you know what I mean. So, uh. That's yeah. No, I'm fine with that. We're giving that a higher grade. Um. It was. Uh. Yeah. It was a very unexpected movie I, I didn't know anything about what it was going into it yeah. when I saw it like, I, didn't I like, literally nothing I had no idea what I was get, getting into so it was uh, and, and to get that level of acting out of Florence Pugh who again I didn't know at the time um, that just blew me away so she's, and that's when I was like well I'm I'm a fan of this woman anything she does yeah. I will watch it Yeah. and I watched The Little Women Dan I watched it I don't believe you. That's a, that was a great cast. I sat down to try and watch it one day, and I just got distracted, and I didn't come back. But I meant to just because that cast was so good. And I like, um, what's her name, Greta Gerwig, who did Lady Bird. And Lady Bird was, I'm, she keeps doing all these coming-of-age teenage girl movies, which are certainly not directed to me. But they, I loved Lady, Lady Bird. That was a fantastic movie, and I've been meaning to watch uh, Little Women. Absolutely, and uh, and yeah, we get to see her coming up in Black Widow and Hawkeye this year. I'm excited um, about that. That'll be fun, uh, as well as uh, oh yeah, that's right. She was in that Father of the Bride short and was pretty hilarious. Uh, I don't know if you saw that COVID special; it was pretty no. funny. Yeah, that. Did you ever see the first ones? The Father of the Bride, like with uh, yeah. Martin Short, or not Martin Short, uh, Steve Martin. Steve Martin, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They, they brought movie. out a, they brought out a three four minute type short maybe it's more than maybe it's 10 but with with the entire cast back and uh and she's the little girl grown up uh florence Pugh plays the little girl grown up and it's uh it's great it's a great little funny thing um and then the maid is coming out uh with florence Pugh as well which i i've already heard uh some interesting things about so no i'm looking forward to uh she does and this director um has become a, a fan of mine as well. I mean, I've become a fan of it as well, too. So. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at Ari Aster. So the one I'm excited about that she's got coming out is uh, Don't Worry, Darling. It's a psychological thriller centering on an unhappy housewife in the 1950s. It is directed by Olivia Wilde, and the cast is Olivia Wilde, Florence Pugh, Chris Pine, Gemma Chan, Harry Styles, Dita Von Teese, uh, Nick Kroll, and that's about, that's about it that I can think of. Dita Montese is an odd addition. Uh, but this will always be known as the movie that Chris Pine replaced Shia LaBeouf for. Um, oh, is that what he did? 
Yeah, so they Shia LaBeouf was the uh, the main act, the main character in this uh, opposite Florence Pugh, and um, he basically had a meltdown, and uh, and Olivia Wilde kicked him off the movie and said, "Look, uh, everything I do, every movie I make, I have a very strict no assholes policy." <laughs> and she said and he violated that policy, so he was kicked off the movie, and they brought in Chris Pine uh, to re- refilm those scenes. Fair enough. I mean. Chris Pine's a great actor. Like I feel like that's a pretty yeah, lateral move acting wise, but the age difference is going to be weird because Florence Pugh is like I don't know. She, she's well, they were like they were uh, a husband and wife in the Outlaw King, also. Okay. Well, but that's that's a different time when people married their twelve year old cousins. So that good point. Yeah. Uh, good point. Yeah, yeah that is true. Um, all right, let's go do a little bit of TV. So uh, the big one that's going on right now is WandaVision. And I, boy, I struggled through the first two episodes. They, so they released the first two, and then the next three all came out every week uh, after that. And the, right. after watching the first two, I was like, I mean, it's Marvel. I trust them. But, my God, it was painful getting through those first two. Uh, luckily, they're only like 15 minutes long. Yeah, if, if it hadn't been Marvel, a lot of people would have bailed yep. on the show altogether. But because it's Marvel, um, and, you know, maybe people would have come back after all the critical applause for what's happened now. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, it started off rough. Now, don't get me wrong. Even for what it was in the first two episodes, I thought it was pretty amazing what they did. With I mean, you truly believed. Like, like you could have told me that was the Mary Tyler Moore show, like yeah. a lost episode in the first, on the first episode and the second one bewitched. I mean, it was, it was wild how perfect it was like a lost episode of one of those shows. It wasn't, except there were so many uh, levels of working funny. on. What's that? Except it wasn't funny. The Dick Van Dyke show was funny. Like bewitched was funny. Well, some of it, I mean, it was funny in the way that those were back. If you go back and watch those shows right now, they're actually not that funny. They're, they were just funny because they were "quote unquote" zany and and things that like that like that lobster on the, as the door knocker. I mean, those were the types of things that got the laughs in those movies and, and those shows. I mean, and they even have him like trip over that thing at the beginning, but instead of the uh, uh, the ottoman that he was famous for always tripping over, he, he, he trips on the door and drops because he passes through it and drops the uh, Scarlet Witch, if we call it that. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, they they made a horrible mistake by bringing those out episodic and you did need those to set it up. But honestly, like, I feel like this almost should have been a four or maybe a two part movie. They could, you yeah. know, uh, they could have bought, they should have brought they, all three episodes at first instead of two. And I understand there's I only think like four. Uh, I'd argue four. I Even think the third episode, but in the third people the, weren't excited, but the end of the third episode, it showed you, Oh, okay. Like you get this little like, yeah. Oh, okay. Cause I think at the end of the third episode, is when uh, Monica Rambeau gets thrown out of the universe. And yeah. I think that was the third one. Uh, I have to go look. But it, it, was, it definitely gave you insight into, okay, Wanda's in, in control of all this. So, yeah, the third episode is the one where Monica Rambeau gets thrown out of the world. And, you see, and uh, Wanda goes, no, and rewinds everything. And so you can see... She's no, that was the end of the second. That was the end of the second. In the second, so you see, okay, rewind. Yeah, That's right. No was when the beekeeper comes out at the end of the second episode and she goes, no. And she, she rewinds it and you're like, Ooh, that's interesting. There's a, you know, 
Uh, the only thing you get in the first one is that helicopter appears, yeah. it, which is in color, and that was a little weird. And then and uh, it had the uh, sword symbol on it. Yeah, and you hear someone that, uh, oh no, you see somebody watching him on the TV screen at the end. Yeah. And you're like, oh, what's that? And then, so it's a mystery building, but watching it still comes in the meantime. And then, and then finally, episode four comes out to everybody's delight, which was finally made you go, oh, this is Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> this is Marvel. And, and it shows you what's been going on with the sword in the background. And it was great. Yeah, it brings back Monica Rambo and kind of shows how, oh, it also brings back Randall Park. Love me some Randall Park. Uh, and it brings yeah. Kat Dennings back from uh, the Thor universe. And she's now a doctor. She's no longer an intern. And so, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you kind of see what's going on inside the Wandaverse. And then in the fifth episode, there's some dialogue. Catherine uh, Hahn kind of like breaks character. It's like, is this okay? And you start to see it starting mm-hmm. to fall apart. Vision's starting to become more aware. And you see that Wanda stole Vision's corpse from Sword, uh, but you from don't a top know. Secret facility, yeah. yeah. And you don't know if she was controlled. Uh, there's rumors that it could be Mephisto or uh, Dormammu or something along those lines is controlled. Nah. Uh, so here's okay. See, so you say uh, yours. Whatever. You say yours. Yeah, I was gonna say. Well, well, first, what I saw when okay, one, I feel like it's those are too big of a character to introduce into this show. There is a budgetary constraint. But Dormammu's already, <laughs> already been introduced in the Doctor Strange movie. I don't mean introduced. I just mean filmable. Uh, I don't think there's a filmable way to do Dormammu in this episode with the budget constraints and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't even matter. I just, I just feel like this show, Marvel likes to have their shows. It's either a small scale show or it's a massive scale show. Like they tend to, and I feel like they're trying to keep this somewhat of a small scale show because, like I said, there are some budgetary constraints on a TV show versus a blockbuster movie. Um, and I feel like it's much simpler than people are trying to make it. I think that, uh, like, like when she's breaking in uh, to steal Vision, I, so Sword was introduced. You know, obviously it was Shield previously. Sword is the sentient weapons observation and research division. So, sentient weapons uh, is basically drones that are self-aware, right? That's what a sentient weapon is. Uh, I think Sword was trying to create Vision into a weapon. Yeah. And she went to steal him back, because he even says that was against Wanda's wishes. Uh, or actually, actually, I believe Wu says that. Um, so, I think she was trying to save her, save her you know, to become husband, a boyfriend, whatever. She was trying to save Vision, who was being operated on, and she'd lost him, and she's like, no way you're doing this to him. And she steals him back and then brings him to escape and hide in this town that she set up as a barrier so nobody could touch him and mess with him. So I think S.W.O.R.D. was trying to use him as a weapon. I think S.W.O.R.D.'s going to be the bad guys to a degree. Hmm. Uh, and they were doing something they were doing something they shouldn't have done with him. And, uh, and she's... Because, uh, like, you saw him trying to make a... Uh, he, in the fourth episode... No, it's fifth episode. He flies a drone in to see what's going on that Monica Rambeau figures out how to do. And uh, he tries to take a shot at her and kill her immediately, even with kids there. Yeah. Um, so he's he's out to kill her. He wasn't trying to negotiate. Um, and, and, and part of it is understandable because she's technically got these people under some spell that they're terrified of enduring, enduring and, 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 you know, it's a violation. And it's like a terrorist uh, to 3,000 people. So, I mean, some of it's very justifiable. But there was a degree to which how he was so quick to figure out that was interesting. 
to me and and um and then also agnes also in episode three or four um you see that she was uh she she knew something was going on back then too because she's like this abigail girl she doesn't have a home there's something wrong yeah. with her. like what's you know what i mean like you could tell everybody else doesn't know what's happening like they're just their minds are totally controlled but agnes was like kind of aware of what's going on and then like you said in episode five she comes in and she gets a quote-unquote scene wrong and she's like should i should i take it back from the top should i do this over and vision's like what what did you just say wait what like yeah. Like there's clearly, you know, like like who are you talking to? What are you talking? And that was interesting. And then she makes some really interesting comments, like when the kids come down and they and they they age up real fast. She's not even phased by him. She goes, kids can't control them even when you want to. And you're like, ooh. And the vision's like, where are all the kids? And I'm like, that's a really good question. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's gotten rid of all the kids because these adults are still. Where are they? Because they they're not missing persons. Or they are missing persons, and you know, Sword hasn't found a whole bunch of children somewhere. So this town well, had children somewhere. Well, and there's also Randall Park's missing person. Like there's there's a specific missing person that Randall Park, who works for the FBI as as uh, uh, Officer Wu, is looking for, and right. and is in that town somewhere. So you don't. The, there's, there's some interesting theories on that too. Like, have, have you read the theory on Wonder Man? No, Wonder Man. I don't even know if I've heard of Wonder Man. So he was a character that was, uh, he was in the Avengers for a while. He's just basically a really strong dude. Uh, he was in some of the animated cartoons of the Avengers too. Um, and he was quite frankly, Marvel's ripoff of Wonder Woman, but as a man, okay. <laughs> uh, but he, he also had a lot of ego and James Gunn, uh, cast Nathan Fillion as Wonder Man in the Guardians of the Galaxy too. Ooh. And he wasn't able to use, yeah, he wasn't able to use his, uh, scenes they had to cut the scenes but they do show some tease that uh, wonder man was an actor uh so they tease some some po- movie posters of nick and Fillion throughout the episode and and um so anyway in the comics he was the uh template that shield uh ripped his uh, personality profile basically from his brain to create uh, a, a vision so vision had died and they wanted to bring him back and they gave him a personality, so he used Wonder Man's personality. Well, Wonder Man, I, I didn't, I had to read all this because I didn't know this. But Wonder Man's uh, biggest enemy was a guy called the Grim Reaper, who was also a Captain America Avengers enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, he just kind of had like a side for a hand. Um, and at the end of Episode One, when they're showing the credits from like the I Love Lucy credits, it says Grim Reaper Studios and it mentions that guy's name. Oh, okay. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And they're like, maybe that's the the guy that Rand says Wu's looking for is uh, Nathan Fillion's uh, character. Uh, so I thought, oh, that's out there, but it's interesting. Um, it's a little out there, but uh, but my theory was that we also haven't seen Agnes's husband, Ralph. Yeah, there's ever. something to that. Yeah, and so Ralph Ralph's never been seen. I, and like when you see Norm, uh, Vision puts his fingers in him, whatever, and like breaks the trance, and Norm's like, she's She's doing this to us. You have to stop her. It hurts so much. Yeah. You've got to make her stop. And he's like, what's happening? But he never says Wanda, ever. And I think a lot of people assume it's Wanda. But uh, S.W.O.R.D. says, how is Wanda doing this? She doesn't even have the Mind Stone anymore. Uh, you know, how can she How can she control all this? Uh, they go, this is much stronger than any power she's ever displayed before. And, uh, and then she says at one point to Vision, I don't even know how this all started. I can't even remember so she doesn't remember how it all started. It doesn't yeah. 
So it implies there's someone more powerful than her manipulating something somewhere. And I think Ralph was killed by Wanda in Lagos, which they've referred to. Yeah, and the commercial of the Lagos with paper towel. Well, you've made a mistake by accident. And 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 they show Lagos in the sword debriefing room where they're like where they're making the argument that Wanda can be dangerous, and they show that scene from Civil War, I believe mm-hmm. it was, yeah. Uh, where yeah, where she blows up that whole floor of the building on accident and kills. I think I think Ralph was in there, and Agnes is somehow either trying to realizes she's not powerful enough to bring her husband back to life, uh, and is trying to use Wanda to to break into the multiverse so she can pull like a kingpin in the spider-verse and bring her own Ralph back or um, or she blames her and she's punishing her in some way because she's giving her everything she ever wanted and she can easily take it all away now. You could be right. And as you're saying with the multiverse, the way we know that that's possible that they can reach into other universes and pull them out is that they brought back Quicksilver uh, played by Aaron Taylor Johnson in the Civil War movie who dies they bring him back at the end of episode five, but it's played by and I cannot remember the guy's name, but he Evan Evan Peters, yeah, uh, who played Quicksilver in the X Men movie in the Fox Studio uh, production. Foxverse, yeah. So they're yeah. showing that they can uh, that anything's possible, which is genius because that's how they're going to bring in the X Men. That's how going to bring in uh, all those mutants. other people they couldn't use. Yeah, all the mutants, and so that was huge. That was the big drop for episode five and then we'll get episode six in two days on Friday. Yeah. And, and you believe that it was Wanda because she's talking to the two kids and well, in the, in the, in the episode before she tells Gwen, Gwendolyn, Gwendolyn, Glad, Gladys, whatever Monica's name is there. Uh, she tells her when she has her bit, her twins, when they're born, she said, I was a twin. Uh, and she, she said, yeah, he was killed by Ultron. Right. And she looks up and that's when she throws her out of the, you know, out of the world. Well, when the kids ask her, they're sitting on her lap when they've, they've aged up all the way to 10. They said, you know, did you have a brother? She goes, I do have a brother. Yeah. As in present tense. Yeah. And she said, but he's very far away. So he, she doesn't say he's dead. She just, she, she implies that, yeah, I've got one and I, we could still have access to him, but he's far away. And then as she envisioned her having a fight, as he's like calling out of what, what is all this? It's time to stop. You're hurting people. Let's figure out what this is. She's like hurting people. What are you, what are you talking about? And uh, and then uh, the doorbell rings, and he's like, "You did this. Year. I didn't do this." And that's when he shows up there. So somebody may have brought her him to her too. So there's a lot of lot of uh, fun mystery that's all thrown up in the air. One of my part par- my theory too on like Ralph being dead was Baron Mordo killing him because the last we saw him was the Stinger and Doctor Strange, and he was out to go kill all the sorcerers. He said the world has too many. And he kills one, uh, played by Benjamin Bratt. Well, what if Ralph was killed by Baron Mordo? And that's the reason Agnes is trying to bring him back. Um, and then that could tie into Doctor Strange showing up at the end. And, you know, I think Wanda's in like maybe some form of coma or something. You know what I mean? Where, where they have to like sedate her to some degree. Mm-hmm. And Doctor Strange takes her off to save her, which kind of takes you into Doctor Strange 2. Um, and, and can tie Mordo in there. Cause I think it would be weird to have Mordo come back. To Doctor Strange too, and it's like let's just pick up where we left off. He's a bad guy now, but we have no idea what he's been doing for seven years. Yeah, uh, like let's let, let's uh, for time constraint. Let's move on to the yeah. last one on our watching list, and that's Lupin. Now this is one I haven't seen, um, and this one's supposed to be big on Netflix. I think it's 
It's from the same Huge. guy that did uh, Gamora, which I've been meaning to watch. It's just I don't know where to find it. Uh, and yeah, it's HBO Max. Oh, okay. Is Gamora's on HBO Max? It is. Yep, okay, it's on HBO Great. Max. Uh, so um, let me know about Gamora because I or our Lupin because I know nothing about this. So Arsene Lupin and uh, is this uh, series of books that are like a uh, he's like a French James Bond, uh, more, more like more akin to the Saint uh, from the movie The Saint with Val Kilmer. He's more like that kind of guy. And so uh, this movie is about or the show I should say is by the way like the tenth time they've done this uh, this show. He's a very popular overseas character that's brought back over and over. But in this series, he's played by Omar Sy, and he he's a kid who has his dad, his dad gets uh, framed for, for a crime and, and is found dead. And the last thing his dad had done is given him a Lupin book, uh, who is this amazing guy who can basically do anything and uh, steals from the rich to give to the poor type of a character. And um, and you fast forward and now Omar Sy's, you know, grown up and, and he basically goes on a series of capers for maybe revenge uh, for what happened to his dad. And, and, uh, it's uh, it's a very interesting. It took me a little while to get through because it's dubbed. It's not captions. Uh, it's dubbed, um, so it took a little while to get over. But uh, you you will get over it, believe it or not. <laughs> and uh, once you do, like it's a very interesting, well done, well budgeted show. And um, they they dropped the first five on Netflix, which they call like first half of season one. The second half comes out in like six months um, because you know overseas they never make more than that (laughs) for a season of a tv show um but it makes sense because again it was it was it was big budget so uh no it was a lot of fun it was it was very much like watching saint the series i mean that's the best tone that i can give you like it was kind of fun you know know the saint was based off an old series from like the 50s uh right and and maybe that was based off lupin <laughs> Don't know. Fair um, but there's even a Lupin series right now in Japan about a French detective like this. So, I mean, that's, that's current. So, I mean, this is like Dracula in the form of, you know, he's just constantly being remade overseas. And this is the first time we've really been introduced to him over here. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. It was, it's got a 7.6 on IMDb. I'd say that's about right. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yeah. And now, looking forward to so stuff that we uh, we know is coming out or intending to come out at some point. And uh, the first one is Minari. This one, uh, I think it was supposed to come out a while ago, and uh, you know, COVID. So this one is it, it's a Korean family starts a farm in 1980s Arkansas. Uh, it's got a 7.7 on IMDb with five and a half thousand people. I don't know how they saw it yet because it's not out. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It might have come out in other countries, just not the U.S. yet. That might be it just for, I don't know, award season or whatever. But it's it's uh, Stephen Yoon is uh, the main character, who you might know as, um, uh, what was his name in Walking Dead? In The Walking Dead, yeah. Oh, my God, name? I blanked. But, yes. Yeah, he was a... Fan favorite. Oh, my God. Yeah, fan favorite. I can't believe I... I can't think of that name. Oh, oh, oh. Pull it up for you real quick, but uh, yeah, that drives me nuts now. Glenn, 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 yes, Glenn. Glenn. Uh, I don't know a ton about this. I just know it's been getting a, bu- a bunch of buzz, and I think it's supposed to be coming yeah. out pretty soon. Uh, it's got it's got a pretty good rating already. I liked Glenn, um, and so well, that's just what I want to mention. Love me some Will Patton. 
Will Patton's in it? I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah, he's in it. Good. I, yeah, I felt, man, that guy just kind of fell off. He was so big for he so did. long, and he just kind of fell off. We, you and I were both big fans of him. Poor guy got stuck having yeah. to act next to John Travolta in the Punisher movie. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that'll do it to you. <laughs> a lot more. Yeah. Uh, so the next one we were we were kind of looking forward to. I don't know if you saw the trailer for this. They came out during the Super Bowl. I did. It look. This is probably I. I am going in with every intention of it being very, very, very bad, but I don't care. I am. I am in. It's uh. It's Bob Odenkirk, a bystander who intervenes to help a woman being harassed by a group of men becomes the target of a vengeful drug lord. Uh, Bob Odenkirk, <laughs> Connie Nielsen, Christopher Lloyd. Uh, trying to think of who else oh Riz's in it from Wu-Tang and uh, that's about the only big names I see but uh, it looks like it's just a stupid fun shoot 'em up movie and I like me some Bob Odenkirk so uh, I, I am, I'm in on that it's it, look it's not going to be good that's fine but it's going to be fun I think it's going to be really yeah, fun I, I don't know that it won't be good either. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give it that uh, that doubt yet because yeah. yeah, it looks like it could be really interesting. And I think that the casting of Odenkirk for this was really interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a tough guy, basically. Uh, so yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited about it. Yeah, I think this could be potentially a, a bla- uh, you know a hidden gem. Yeah, and you know what, Connie Nielsen, I felt like never got the credit that she deserved. Like, she would always just pop up and stuff, be awesome, and then just, like, fade into the night. Like, she was great in Gladiator. She was good. So, Basic... Remember the movie Basic with John Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson? It actually had a really good cast. It was an okay movie. She was good in it. Like, there was some good acting and stuff in it. Uh, But she would just pop up. She was also... Remember The the Hunt? Or The Hunted? Uh, That was the one with... uh, Benicio Del Toro was, like, this super killer. Yep. Yeah. I remember most from The Devil's Advocate as the first time I saw her. Oh, yeah. Um, I forgot that was her. The main... Yeah. And then she was in a show called Boss, which was great. I heard uh, that Kelsey was good. Grammer. Yeah, I heard that was That was really a good. great, great show. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, she was in that. And then, she's, you know, most people nowadays just know her as, you know, from the Justice League and Wonder Woman movies. Yeah, she's had a lot in the Wonder Woman movies yeah. and in that universe. Yeah. Uh, I mean, good for her because those things suck. But uh, yeah, 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 I always felt like she was better than like people gave her like a better, a bigger name than people gave her credit for. Yeah, uh, So this one, old, is one that you were trying to convince me is going to be good. So present your case. I don't know if it's going to be good. I think that uh, I'm going to give it a shot because I feel like he's slowly been earning my trust back. So it's a new M Night Shyamalan, uh, and. Uh, you know, he made Notorious for making three pretty great movies, followed by five of the worst films ever filmed. Um, <laughs> just absolutely horrible movies. Um, but then recently he's he's made Split, which I really liked yeah. a lot. Uh, the Visit, which a lot of people liked, but I have not seen it. I but I've heard a lot of great buzz. Um, and that's almost like the kids going to grandma's house and the grandparents are going to kill or eat them or whatever. crazy. But people tell me it's really good. Uh, and then he made Glass, which I really liked as well. I did too. Um, and then and then Servant, which is getting all kinds of buzz. So season two just came out on Apple TV Plus, and season three is already greenlit. Um, so people really like that. I saw the the premiere, or the, yeah, the premiere, and I really liked it. So I'm I am going to get back into it. There's just been so much going on. 
I haven't. So when I saw the trailer for Old, um, it it was already really intriguing. Actually, the only negative to it that would have made me not say I wanted to see it was who the director is. Yeah. But due to the recent success, I'm I'm going to give him a shot. I'm back in. I think it looks I can be kind of cool, and it's like a weird mystery. You know, these, this family basically washes ashore upon this island, and there's a few other people they show. I don't know if they all came together, but um, basically everybody's aging rapidly, like extremely rapidly. Like their their kids run around a corner and they come back to the other side and, and suddenly they're, you know, 15 years older. In fact, the little boy's played by Nat Wolf now. Uh, I like, I like <laughs> so Nat Wolf. I think he's, he's a, him and his brother, there's two wolves. Alex. Yeah, yeah Alex, Alex Wolf. Wolf, I think they're both good. Yeah, so, uh, no, absolutely. And so I think this could be pretty good. I'm, I'm, I'm going in there optimistic to give it a shot, not expecting a whole lot, but, uh, it, yeah, it looks like it could be really eerie, scary, crazy, and, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll try it out. Well, not just uh, Alex Wolf, because that's, who that's who's in this one is Alex Wolf, not Nat. See? Oh, yeah. See? Yeah, See? Yeah, it's very right. confusing. Uh, but not only that, but Thomasin McKenzie is in it, and she's uh, best known for the girl in Jojo Rabbit, and I thought she was fantastic in that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. Also, also rounded out by Rufus Sewell, uh, Gail Garcia Bernal, and Abby Lee, who's kind of an up-and-coming. Uh, she was in Lovecraft Country as the only white girl, and uh, she was good in that. Uh, I want to go back to Eliza Scanlon. She's she's coming up fast too, thanks to Sharp Objects. Oh, that's right. And, yeah, uh, yeah, she was good. Yeah. At so I got to ask women you. You said all the time. he made three movies that were really good, followed by Five That Were Terrible. What were the three? Because I feel like everyone's got kind of a different one for for him. What Split were the Glass three? and a Visit. Split Glass and a Visit, and then Servant is the show that's so great. Uh. Split glass and the visit. No, no. What you said, he made uh, those are his only three that you like. I never saw the visit. You never saw which one? The visit. I never saw that one. Oh yeah, yeah. It was good. Uh, I liked. I like. I mean, Sixth Sense was good. I, I liked Unbreakable. Unbreakable is a slow burn, but I enjoyed it. And I thought the village was okay at best. Oh, I did not like the village. The the one I liked was Signs. I, I thought I Signs was so stupid. It was so stupid. Yeah, he, I thought it was fantastic. A bunch uh, of aliens whose weakness is water comes to a planet that's majority water. Yeah, those these are higher beings. <laughs> well, they may not have known a weakness is water until they got here, but uh, but if they didn't have water where they came from, but uh, but you know, overall, I thought it was, uh, it was a really well done movie. Joaquin Phoenix is awesome. All the acting was awesome, but uh, I, I I liked the twist of the signs and what it meant for the. Uh, the priest to to see the signs, you know, uh, the, du- the double entendre. Uh, but no, I, I thought it was really good. Um, but either way, uh, he's earned my trust back slowly. Oh, a, a modicum of it. If old is good, then I might become an M. Night Shyamalan fan again. Who knows? Yeah, uh, if old is good, I'll start watching his movie. I'll, I'll go into it with more expectation. Yeah, more open. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so the next one is another, a Marvelverse one, and this one, of course, we're excited because it's Marvelverse, and that's Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, that one comes out March nineteenth, which is more than a month away. But man, it, you need something. You need hope. You need something to anticipate. But like this one comes out, I think two weeks after WandaVision ends, which is good. It gives you two weeks to kind of digest yeah. stuff, take a break, and then you get to come back and get a little bit more uh, Marvel. Plus, it's going to be whatever the whatever the end result of WandaVision is, you're going to see how that bleeds into the next universe. And from the, I, I don't think you'll see it in this one though. Oh yeah. I'll, I'll be surprised. Yeah. I don't think you'll see it in this one. Cause there's almost, uh, 
I mean, they said that it'll bleed heavily into Doctor Strange 2, mm-hmm. but I don't think... I think Falcon Winter Soldier is probably taking place around the same time, and I think Black Widow is somewhat of a prequel, so I don't think... The, and, and Eternals is definitely a prequel. It's going to take place a thousand years, thousands of years ago. Um, so I think that, yeah, I don't think you'll see that again until Doctor Strange 2. That's my my theory. You could be right. I mean, because Falcon and Winter Soldier are pretty underpowered compared to going against Wanda or, right. and or Vision and or whoever's, right. you know, the bad from, from that show. Uh, so the, the trailer came out a while ago during the big Phase 5 reveal that uh, Kevin Feige put out. But then we got the Super Bowl ad that came out. And you, how many people watched yeah. that? Set all records. So 125 million views in 24 hours. That's I mean, that's, that's amazing. Uh, I will admit I'm like three of those. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, it was great. And it, honestly, it was perfect in that it just sh- it teased us and showed us who the villain is going to be in Baron Nemo. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it showed us the, the tone it's going to have, which is always important, understanding what you're walking into, you know, before you walk into it. Um, and that's really it. They didn't tell us a lot of storyline outside of it, and I like that. Um, they showed us, you know, it starts, it's bookended by scenes with the, uh, with the therapist, uh, trying to, uh, help Falcon and Winter Soldier get along better, followed by at the end of them having a staring contest and they're saying, what are you children? Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Look away. And I'm like, this is, this is great. This is, it's a, it's a begrudging buddy cop, you know, 48 hours type of a thing. I'm like, oh, I, I like this. I like this a lot. So, uh didn't know how bad I wanted it so no this this could be a lot of fun have action it looks like it's gonna have the perfect perfect tone you were hoping to see really since Captain America Winter Soldier it looks like a spy thriller um with a little some comedy in and I'll say I think I think Winter the Winter Soldier movie is still one of the best of the Marvel oh yeah Uh, I'm really excited about this especially because I think it was such a big surprise too because the first Captain America was kind of meh and uh, yeah and, More than kind of. Yeah. And then the second one, which is too bad because it, it had, the, like, that could have been so cool to see what, you know, a, a, a superhero movie taking place in the 40s. Like, that could have been really cool. Um, but it, it was mad. And then that one came out, and it was, and that was our first uh, foray into the Russo Brothers movies. And from that, they got the right. Avengers and, I mean, every other thing. They're, I mean, they are probably the, one of the big action movie directors out right now. And so, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, anything Marvel puts out, I'm going to watch. I, I'm very rarely disappointed. Uh, the yeah, next absolutely. one is one that you were trying to convince me of called Behind Her Eyes. And I, I looked it over. I I don't see, I mean, okay, it comes out on Netflix it's, it's a, next did week. Did you see the trailer? No. Oh, well, that's why. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> so the trailer was great. Uh, it's a psychological thriller. Um, and maybe mystery. I can't tell. It looks like it's going to be somewhat of mystery. Um, and it's got some really good actors and actresses in it that, are, that have been great. In other see, I didn't see what, um, what actors and actresses are you seeing? Cause I didn't really see anybody that I knew. Uh, it's cause you don't watch good things. Okay, uh, okay. so <laughs> I'm kidding. So Liv Houston, is that, her, is that how you say her name? Uh, hold on. They left her off. Yeah. Eve Houston. Uh, she is the she's the main character in the Nick, uh, and was and got really famous making the Nick. So okay. I'm I'm uh, 
pretty excited about uh, her finally, be, you know, being in something else. She was in she was in something else recently that was very popular. Um, let me see the fast Bridge of Spies. She was in Robin Hood as Marion, uh, but I didn't watch that one. Nobody did. Uh, yeah, Papillon. I, I also did not watch that one. Papillion. <laughs> uh huh. Papillion. Uh, is it Papillon? And it's called Pap- and I think it's called Papillon. Yeah. Right. Fair enough. The one with uh, yeah, it's got uh, oh, Charlie Hunnam. Is the word I was looking for. Um, yeah, but uh, and then she was in the Tesla movie, which I've been wanting to see and I still haven't. Um, but it got a five, so I may not. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> not going to see that. Yeah. <laughs> whoops. All right, I'll, yeah. I'll check out the trailer. But yeah, I was looking at some of the people that were in it and like the. The Watch creator, the and I don't know. I didn't. There was nothing that really by the stuck way, out to me. By the way, when have you seen a Netflix show that you didn't know about, looked at the cast ahead of time, and you were excited about it? Like everything Netflix Ozark. makes is with unknown actors. I, I even made you watch Stranger Things, and you still didn't like it. No, I like Stranger Things. <laughs> the, the trailer. I the trailer. don't remember no, that at you, all. No, you're like, oh, it's stupid. I don't know why you're high on it. I'm like, it's gonna be great. I don't remember that uh, at all. Yeah, and uh, all the, all their movies are, are made with relative unknowns, shows, I mean, are made with relative unknowns, and, and these are relative unknowns. I mean, I, I know her, but uh, no, I think this is going to be, I think it's going to be good stuff. So uh, the, the the way they filmed it as a psychological thriller looks really, really interesting. All right. All right, fair enough. To be fair, you added that like 20 minutes before we started, so I didn't really get a chance to watch the trailer. Well, no, I mean, you're saying, I looked at it, I don't like it. Like, we'll watch the trailer. I, saw, I mean, I saw who was in it and stuff, but, man, all right. Uh, all right, let's yeah. go to the next one, which is The Nevers. Uh, and, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Coming to America. Skipped right over that one. Uh, coming okay. to, the number two, America. Uh, the sequel to the original Coming to America, but with the letter, or with the word to. It, that's not confusing. <laughs> Thank you, Dan, uh, yeah. for pointing that out. No problem. Helping out. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, yeah, it's just a sequel to a classic. The, the original is one of the greatest. I mean, that is one of the greatest comedies. The first Coming to America was so fantastic. This is Everyone's Coming Back. Uh, I mean, I'll give it a shot. Whatever. I liked... What was that What was that movie that Eddie Murphy... Uh, Dolomite. I loved Dolomite. I thought that was a great movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. it looks and like... Then... Go ahead. Oh, I was saying, and Coming to America is one of my all-time favorite comics. Yeah, so, yeah, I agree. Uh, the fact that he and and uh, uh, Arsenio, God, I just play Arsenio Hall. Jesus Christ, I can't remember his name. That he and Arsenio are going to play all these characters again, and also uh, sexual chocolates back. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm very very excited. Uh, they got all the all, everybody's back. Yeah, um, Eddie Murphy and then Wesley Snipes, Sherry Headley playing, that played Lisa. Um, Wesley yeah, Snipes, John James Amos. Earl Jones, John Amos, Arsenio Hall, Paul Bates, who was the 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 big man, the, the like the security guard. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, Louis Anderson, who had a small role in that one. Uh, Tracy Morgan's yep. going to be in it. Yeah, it's um, it, it's going to be fun. I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to watch it no matter what. Yeah, but the, but uh, Wesley Snipes plays the general that's trying to take over. Uh, Zamunda, Zamunda. Oh, so uh, okay. like a military coup, which just and it, it, he looks hilarious as this insane general that wants to take it over. So Eddie Murphy has to go find his heir so that he has an heir 
you know, in case something happens to him and the military can't take over. So he's got to go find his son back in in America. And I think it looks great. Uh, just, uh, yeah, it, it could, it, it's not going to be, it's going to be impossible to live up to the first. It's going to be impossible. Yeah. But just getting the whole crew back together for an, for another dose, if you will, uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited for it. Yeah, no, I, I and I haven't watched the I haven't I, I saw one of the trailers a while back. Uh, it was kind of a short teaser trailer, and I was like, okay, I'm in. I don't want to see any more because I don't want if all the good jokes are in the the trailer, I don't want them wasted on me. So I'm trying not no, to watch I don't, anything I don't more. I think that'll be the case. Yeah, I'd be surprised. And it comes out March 5th. So uh, yeah, I'm in. I, I'm definitely going to see that. Uh, that one's on. I'm looking forward to. And then, like I was saying before, the Nevers is one that you had. I had not heard heard of this one, but it's Joss Whedon so, creating it. Yeah, and and he created it, uh, produced it, uh, and I want to say there was there was some big controversy in it. I I'm trying to think. I want to say he left. I feel like he created it, wrote it, and then he realized he had to leave. Uh, to do something else he'd been planning to do, and he let somebody else to kind of take it over and tinker with it just a little bit. Um, but it was made for HBO Max, and HBO Max hired the replacement. Uh, and from what I've heard, they basically improved it a little bit. Um, but for the most part, this is all Joss Whedon's baby. Uh, and and uh, it's kind of weird. So like it's what I'm what I'm reading about. So, the so I'm, I'm not sure how excited I am. The yeah. summation is an epic tale following a gang of Victorian women who find themselves with unusual abilities, relentless enemies, and a mission that might change the world. So it sounds like a su- superhero movie during Victorian England. Um, I don't really know much of the cast other than Nick Frost, and I like Nick Frost, but like his, the stuff he's in is kind of hit or miss. So that's not really enough to bring me in. Um, meh. Yeah, but you know everything Joss Whedon does. One of the things he's kind of made a name for himself on too is uh, making stars out of unknown female actors. He always has you know women as the protagonist in his shows, from Buffy to Dollhouse to all these types mm-hmm. of shows that he does. So, um, and even even Firefly, kind of you know the, the female uh, was the strongest lead in that really. Yeah. Um, so he's he's kind of known for this. So I have a feeling he's gonna he's gonna do a really good job. You know building strong characters he doesn't write boring women you know what i mean uh these are gonna be strong characters they'll be good and yeah it's kind of uh i don't know I- i'm reserving judgment uh joss whedon definitely gives it some clout that has me interested hbo max being behind it also gives it a lot more clout uh that so far because they've been doing great things um and and you know what i've learned to not care as much what the cast is going in on a series on a movie i do on a movie, it very much matters, but because they have to get your attention quick and have to have proven, you know, ability, a true acting ability to to bring you through emotions in a one and a half hour time frame. Mm-hmm. But on a series, like you know, you can have subtle acting that, uh, and the story can build the character as much as the acting. So, with the series, I'm not too concerned with whether I know the people or not anymore. Uh, on for HBO Max, if it's for TLC, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, but but for HBO Max, like I don't and Netflix, I don't I don't care if the actors are. Fair enough. Yeah, uh, that one doesn't really intrigue me too much. I'll wait till it come out and I hear stuff. And now to wrap it all up, we have time for the news. So right. the the first thing off the bat, this this looks cool. Um, so they're they're making a Dungeons and Dragons movie. I know that sounds terrible. Uh, yep. But the cast 
the cast. Uh, I'm intrigued. So they are got, you? Well, <laughs> I'm looking at the cast and less intrigued. All right. Well, outside of Chris Pine, Justice Smith. Justice Smith was great in uh, uh, the Get Down. All right. He was also good in that Pokemon <laughs> movie. All right. Uh, what, what you got against Justice Smith? What did he do to you? I well, I should put it this way. I already am so out on Dungeons and Dragons that to uh, to make me want to care about the movie, you're going to have to bring bigger guns than Justice Smith. <laughs> I I like I think he's a fun up and Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah, Michelle Rodriguez <laughs> is is kind of uh, I think she's a one trick pony. But Chris Pine is fantastic. I like Justice Smith, um, and the director is John Francis Daly, who wrote Spider Man Homecoming. Okay, you brought me back a little bit. Yeah, sure uh, did. I do love me some John Francis Daly. Yeah. A.K.A. Sweets from Bones. Uh, he was also Mitch in Waiting as a young kid and was in Freaks and Geeks. Alrighty then. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, didn't he write? He wrote The Flash with Jonathan Goldstein as well, but I don't know that they're using that copy. They liked it a lot, but now that everything's gone wrong with it, I don't think they're going to be using it. Yeah, I don't think they're doing it either. Uh, he also wrote Horrible <laughs> Bosses. All right. Good for him. Yeah, so why don't you calm down there? Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I'm i intrigued by this. I think it could be good. Um, I like all those things. So, yeah, I don't have a problem with it. Oh, so it's Jonathan Goldstein and uh, John Francis Yeah, Daly. they're writing the team. Yeah, and yeah. Jonathan Goldstein's also the one that directed Game Night, which was, dude, that was low-key great. Like, a lot of people, I feel like people didn't really give it a chance but it was. They both did game night. Yeah, they both. Oh, they both directed game night. Okay. Yeah, they're a writing team. They they do them all together. Okay. Um, yeah, and so uh, no, I, I I like the idea of that. Um, yeah, that actually kind of brought me back into it a little bit there. You there you, you did go. it, Dan. You did the impossible. Uh, I'll be interested to see how they play the world. Is it is it its own world or is it almost uh. Jumanji-ish, where like people get thrown into the world and then the dragon. That's what I thought. I thought it'd be like a yeah, Jumanji that's... kind of thing, and I know it's a ripoff of Jumanji. I don't care. I want that. Yeah, I think that's probably what happens because it's so built upon, you know, nerds around the table, you know, playing this game in their attic, and then somehow, yeah, be be drawn into this world of of magic and sorcery and brute strength and princesses. It just makes a lot of sense. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I'm excited for it. I think it'll be good. Uh, who knows when it'll come out? They're still so, so early on it, but that sounds oh, yeah. fun to me. I mean, they're able to do stuff like that and make it feel like Jumanji kind of set the, the blueprint for like how to do those. And it, I don't care if they rip them off. They, they can keep making all the Jumanji movies and Jumanji type movies, and I'll go see them because they are just fun. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I'm looking. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the next really thing, the next thing is Disney's shutting down Blue Sky Studio. Uh, it's a Fox Animation house that did like Ice Age, uh, Spies in Disguise, uh, Robots, the Peanut Movie. I don't know. I mean, none of those. I, I, that's not for me. I don't really watch. I remember seeing the Ice Age movie a long, long time ago, but uh, I'm you not. Know, I think they're wanting to return to more uh, classic style animation, like Frozen was and that Raya the Next Dragon is about to come out next month, um, done by some of the same people that did the Frozen movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looks actually great watching the trailer with my kids. I'm like, oh, this looks like they've made another giant classic. Um, 
so yeah I think, oh with Aquafina by the way as the oh, as the voice of the Aquafina. comedic relief so yeah I was like Hercules Hercules yeah. <laughs> I was all excited <laughs> my kids were like what? why are you so excited on stuff go to bed but uh, yeah I think they're wanting to return more towards those types of uh, uh, animation as well as and they'll still have Pixar so I mean this kind of makes sense yeah no, yeah, it makes sense. They bought up Fox. They don't really need it. Why? Why would you have two different studios? So it's not a big mm-hmm. thing, but it's that that was a studio that put out some some decent sized titles. So uh, just thought it was noteworthy. The next part, yeah, is no, absolutely, definitely noteworthy. And so Snyder has released photos of uh, his Joker, Jared Leto is his Joker, and like we were talking about earlier with the little things portion. Uh, where we wanted Jared Le- that Jared Leto as Joker, it looks like that's what we're getting. The new pictures of him look like he's a creepy dude in a insane asylum. Uh, they got long rid of the, hair. Yeah, they got rid of the gold teeth and uh, all the stupid tattoos. And uh, it, but he looks he looks creepy. It looks like a cool looking Joker. Oh no, I'm yeah, I'm I'm really excited about it. Everything. I mean, we know two things. We know it's going to have uh, great action. And it's gonna it's gonna look amazing. The, the, the aesthetics of the movies are gonna be amazing. That's what Zack Snyder brings you. So we know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really excited to see if you know getting to have this full length movie. You know, if that uh, is allowed to expand a little bit of story. I really hope so because now that he finally gets to show it, I, I you know I I kind of want him to get a win. You know what I mean? Yeah. The thing Especially is, he... what the poor dude went through to have to leave. Yeah, certainly. Uh, and the thing is. He's like there's not he, at visual wise, he's one of the top guys that can make really visually cool Absolutely. looking movies. He's just he just doesn't do a ton with story. Like see, he he lacks some of the stuff in story. So we'll see if this yeah. can. We'll see if this can salvage that's the the DC world. Although I mean, Warner Brothers just keeps dragging it through the mud like it's just it just keeps especially with that last Wonder Woman movie like it just keeps getting worse so we'll see I'm hopeful just because why not you know why not be a little bit hopeful um, it's supposed to come out March 18th which is not that far away like it's it feels like this movie should have been was going to come out much longer than March 18th so I'm excited about that um, it's going to get an R rated uh, R rating which is really cool Good. yeah that for this I really like that uh, and they apparently they're going to touch on the death of Robin in this, so that seems okay. cool. Yeah, they kind of alluded to it in the the other Justice League movie, uh, but now it's I guess they're going to address it a little bit more. I don't know. I'm hopeful. Uh, I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah, that's about the best I can do. Yeah, <laughs> that's the best I can sum up for it. Yeah. Um, so in more superhero news, uh, Tom Holland has come out and denied that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are going to be in Spider-Man 3. Now, Of course he did. Yeah, so here's, Tom Holland is, is uh, infamous for dropping spoilers uh, in the Marvel Universe and getting in trouble for it. And so I don't, I'm almost at the point where maybe they, they filmed Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield stuff separately, or they just haven't told him anything. They don't tell him things until Andrew Garfield and... Toby Wire just show up on set, and then they or or, he, or he's smart enough to finally. Yeah. <laughs> now that he's gotten older and he's directing his own movie, is are about to direct his own thing finally. Uh, I say finally. Uh, it's still really early for his career, but yeah. he's about to direct something. So uh, 
yeah, so uh, maybe finally learned. But uh, it sets up. I was laughing about this yesterday. Uh, somebody was asking me about like how they're going to handle Spider-Man with all this multiverse stuff, everything that's going on, and then the uh, you know the ending of the last one where he was outed as Peter Parker to the world. Like how they're going to handle all that? And I thought you know this multiverse actually sets up something that would almost be comical because it would be the most the first trope ever in a superhero movie, uh, which is Peter Parker is is in front of a mob of people that have figured out who he is or threatening him and then Tobey Maguire swings in and spider suit does something swings off and they're like oh can't be in two, two places at once this is a uh, clearly Spider-Man wasn't Peter Parker I mean that's what that's what all the old Spider-Ship Man movies were about that's what all the Superman movies were about they always had you know oh look you can see the vigilante over there and I'm right here so clearly you know what I mean I can't be him it, it could set up some good way that they do that that would be interesting because I I how do you get out of that? Like you can't, you can't leave everyone knowing he's Peter Parker, can you? Yeah, I'm intrigued by that as well. Um, I feel, I mean, I and and I know that this comes out that they won't have those guys in it, but they're bringing Jamie Fox back from Garfield's Spider-Man, and they're bringing back um, uh, Alfred Molina as Doc Ock from Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. So I feel. Like they're lying to me. Uh, I mean, I know this came out and he said that's not, but I feel I don't believe him. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't either. And it sets up something kind of cool that you could finally play with, uh, which Into the Spider Verse, the animated movie, did do, which is uh, you can kill one of them. Mm-hmm. You can run the Spider Man. I mean, you can, you can kill. Yeah, you have them follow Tobey Maguire through or something like that, and then and then kill them, uh, and then and then to, you know. Gosh, Tom Holland uh, gets to see the actual stake, and the, and the audience, of course, gets to see actual stakes. I mean, the biggest problem with Marvel is you can't kill a superhero because kids and <laughs> and storyline, and it's expensive. Uh, but uh, but now you can finally have some stakes by hey, here's a here's a Spider-Man you can kill, and well, then uh, uh, and, they, and have some they, weight to the story. But they killed Iron Man, and they killed uh, Scarlet or not Scarlet Witch, uh, Black Widow, Black Widow. And yet she's got a movie coming out. So yeah, I know yeah, it's a mean. prequel. Yeah, she's dead. I think she stays dead. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think dead. so too. But, but, uh, but still, yeah, I, I think uh, I think it would be interesting to to be able to kill one of the Spider Men off, and then and then Tom Holland's got to, you know, they see oh, there's another one. <laughs> we, you know, uh, I don't know. I think it'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, so I just kind of want to briefly touch on this, and that's that Superstore is uh, the finale is going to come out. The final season's coming out in March. Neither of us has watched it, but I can't... I've had several people come out and tell me how great of a show it is. I feel like that's one we should, we might need to add. Uh, we're a little bit late to the party on it since the finale's coming, but that's one we might need to uh, check out. And especially knowing that there is a finale, that's, yeah. I'm more likely to actually go do that. That's a good point. Uh, the next thing is that uh, Dan Harmon, who uh, co-creator of Rick and Morty... Uh, community um just just fantastic writer he is in the works for coming up with a new animated series for fox and it's going to take place in ancient greece uh from what i understand it takes place in mythical ancient greece it will be centered on a flawed family of humans gods and monsters that tries to run one of the world's first cities without killing each other uh, <laughs> uh, sounds great. Yeah, like all you had to tell me is Dan Harmon's got a new thing, and I'm in. And then you tell me what it's about, and I'm like, oh, and no, I'm super in. Like, so I don't really need to know much more about it. Just give it to me. 
Yeah, and I love that it's animated because it gives Dan Harmon the ability to be as crazy and out there as he wants to be, mm-hmm. you know, without without worrying about any kind of a budget to do all these kinds of things. So no, I yeah, he's he's meant for that for that medium, the animated medium, I believe. Obviously, Community was great as well, but uh, but I love this. I love seeing this. Yeah, uh, and uh, more superhero news. The Russo brothers say uh, that they could uh, they they want to crack at Wolverine. This this came from you, so you let me know. I haven't read this story yet. Yeah, so they were kind of, you know, asked about, you know, the the multiverse and, you know, now that the news is out that, you know, Fox is going to be able to be kind of uh, woven into some degree uh, and all this kind of stuff. They've said, yeah, you know, uh, and you've got these big movies coming out. Uh, you know, would you ever come back to the Marvelverse? Um, I believe it was during an interview on that movie Cherry that mm-hmm. just came out with Tom Holland um, because it's getting all kinds of uh, nomination talk. Um, and they're saying, would you would you go back? Are you, are you going to keep doing this? And they said, actually, they said, you know, we're not going to say we're done with Marvel, and we definitely would love to have a crack at Wolverine. And that was, and the fact that the Russo brothers just said that, the fact that they made that a public comment, uh, how are you Marvel and you're not running to them? Yeah, <laughs> and you know I, what I mean. I mean, these are your money. These are the rainmakers. Yeah. Yeah, and it's Marvel. They, I mean, if they say they want it, they'll probably give it to them. To be honest. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would think so. And so I don't know if it would be in the terms of uh, building a new world, aka the new X Men, or if they could start kind of like they. I really think Avengers should be done somewhat similar to the. the I'm sorry, the X Men should be done somewhat similarly to the Avengers, where they at least bring two at a time in, into their own movies, and then and then create an X Men movie. I don't think they should just rush a complete team of x-men into the marvel world i think you should sprinkle in wolverine you know what i mean somewhere mm-hmm. i think you should have you know maybe a cyclops movie and john gray movie i don't know i don't know how you do it but if you did like the avengers and give and invest you in each one of the characters individually and then have the team up movie that could be a lot more fun than uh you know just trying to rush 10 more characters to the screen yeah and i feel like you could have wolverine kind of like come in and out because he was always he always kind of did that you like he would go off and do his own thing yeah. for a while and come back because i don't want it centered on wolverine this time i understand he's the temple and hugh jackman did a great job obviously but i don't mm-hmm. i feel like it detracts from the other the other characters when it's all wolverine centric I agree. I, I, in fact, I'd love him not being the first movie at all. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, and maybe midway through the second movie, he finds his way in helping them to some degree, and that that could be exciting. But yeah, uh, you've got the Marvel reverse now. I want to see the Wolverine interact with the Hulk, or Agreed. you know, what I mean? some someone like that. Like, I don't need to see him as an X Men again. Like, uh, maybe a little bit here and there. He's part of their world, whatever. But uh, yeah, I'm more interested in seeing him interacting with everybody else yeah no i agree i'm sure they will i mean they're really good at combining all these universes they haven't so far so i'm hoping the x-men they can kind of they can take little portions here and there you can take a few of the x-men and go with the avengers or you know a few like one of the and i told you this one of my favorite like it was kind of like the new fantastic four and it's ghost rider wolverine hulk and i can't remember who the other one is spider-man is it spider-man yeah which I like that better than the, the original Fantastic Four. So I would like to see some team-ups like that. That would be fantastic. A bunch of people that normally you wouldn't expect to uh, and put them all together. Yeah. A la Ragnarok. No, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, I was thinking the other day, like one of my favorite scenes and one of the animated things they've done 
and I, the only way you'd be able to do it would be doing a flashback to the universe that Wolverine's from, right, that he's pulled out of, mm-hmm. is if you signed Chris Evans back up for one more movie um, and you showed that sequence of uh, the two of them fighting together in World War Two. I think that would be a blast. Or was it World War One? Whichever. Uh, I think that would be a blast to see them together because, you know, Wolverine was alive back then. Yeah. When Captain America would have been alive in his universe. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think I, I love I love love to see one of the World War Two scenes with the two of them going behind enemy lines, almost like uh, uh, that new Operation One by J.J. Abrams, Overlord. Okay, almost yeah. like that, where they go behind enemy lines to go fight, you know, something more sinister than what the public knows about. And, that'd be, that'd and be that'd fun. be that'd be cool because it, it's not like I mean, Wolverine is Canadian, Captain America is American, I believe, and so it's not like they would have to fight for the same like they could intersperse. That would be cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, that'd uh, be a lot of fun. All right, and the last bit of news we have is uh, that uh, you found, I don't know how we haven't found this movie, but you found it recently, and it's called Bullet Train. Um, five assassins aboard a fast-moving bullet train find out that their missions have something in common. And the yeah. cast on this and is... how about the director? Uh, director is the best part. David Leach? David David Leach from Deadpool One and Deadpool Two. Oh, that's right. And the, yeah. uh, and the uh, stunt coordinator for John and director for John Wick. And uh, holy shit! Yeah, yeah. This, this guy does good things. John, uh, yeah, John Wick, Atomic, Atomic, Atomic Blonde, Deadpool Two, uh, Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw, Bullet Train. He's also doing a Division movie, which is uh, off the uh, Ubisoft video game, which that could be cool. That's which yeah. has got Jessica Chastain and Jake Gyllenhaal coming out. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, I didn't even recognize that. Everything he does is fantastic, and now he's doing an assassin, assassins all over a train movie, like Smoking Aces in a closed space. Yeah, with uh, with a cast that is unheard of. Yeah. Um, do you want to go through it or? Sure. Uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson, known for Kick Ass and for being as Tangerine. Silver. Yeah, as Tangerine. <laughs> you got Brad. Oh, sorry, yeah. you're right. Brad Pitt as Ladybug. Zazie Beats, Joey King as Prince, Sandra Bullock, Michael Shannon, Logan Sandra Lerman. Bullock. Yeah. Like, you just had to blow through Sandra Bullock, yeah. who's been on high-speed buses and trains. She, and, I mean, and uh, boats. She's, she's the, now going to be on a high-speed train. She's the fifth on the list. Michael Shannon's the sixth. Logan Lerman, Lady Gaga, Andrew Koji, who's big-time up-and-comer. Up-and-coming. Uh, yeah. Hiroyuki Sonata, who is fantastic. Love him. Yeah, we both big fans of him. Brian Tyree Henry, great. Mas- Masi Oko, it's like, oh, all right, cool. Uh, and yeah. the rapper Bad Bunny, which, again, oh, okay. And, and Karen Fukuhara was just announced, who, in that same article, who is known in The Boys as the woman, or the yeah. girl, I forget what they call her. Yeah. And then uh, uh, she was also in uh, Suicide Squad as Katana. Yeah, no, that's, uh, I, my God, this is going to be good. Uh, they cannot start, it says it's filming. It can't come out fast enough. I can't wait for this. It can't. I, yeah, I am. I'm. I don't think I've ever been this excited about a non-franchise movie before. <laughs> this. I'm. I'm pre-buying my ticket the day I'm able to. So <laughs> even though it's going to be COVID and empty, I'm still pre-buying my ticket. Yeah. So <laughs> David Leach. Uh, I don't know if I'm saying that right. And Brad Pitt. Um, they. So David Leach was Brad Pitt's stunt double in Fight Club, Ocean's Eleven, Troy, and Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, then, what a, and then what Pitt a had cameo. a cameo in Deadpool too. <laughs> the briefest <laughs> yeah, cameo. Yeah. yeah, and he was uh, 
he worked a lot with uh, um, what's his name uh, Keanu Reeves prior to John Wick. That's mm-hmm. how John Wick was uh, offered to do it for for almost nothing in the first John Wick movie. He, he barely got paid. Um, so yeah, man, this is uh, this is a well respected guy, a well liked guy, which I think is cool yeah. uh, in this day and age. I mean, the, uh, people want to work with him and help him and get things moving, and and he's having massive success. Yeah. I mean, his, his Atomic Blonde was underrated. Dude, that, that was, was such a, a good great, movie. Great, fun, good movie, and uh, and Charlie Theron. That was the that was my favorite work I've seen of hers when she plays the tough guy. Mm-hmm. Like she always likes to do the tough guy role, and she's great in them. But this one, that was one of my favorites, as seeing her just you know beat up and bruised and battered, but still going back into it. You know, not just you know some John Wick who's gonna who's gonna kill everybody that steps anywhere near her. Like I, I just thought it was so well done. And then, uh, and then the the world of the '80s too was captured really well. And yeah, I mean, Deadpool two, obviously amazing movie that he directed. So yeah, I cannot wait to see what he does. And then Aaron Taylor Johnson, such a good actor. Yeah, he really is such a good actor. So he and I'm, I have a feeling Lady Bu- uh, Ladybug and Tangerine are a team, wouldn't you say? I don't know. I don't want to make any assumptions. By the names. I mean, I think they're all going to have like different kind of code names. Because like one girl's name, uh, what's her name? Joey Keegan's name is Prince. So I feel like they're all going to have yeah. their own nicknames. Uh, and one other David Light's movie that's coming is uh, Undying Love, based off of a graphic novel by Dom Coker. It's an ex-soldier falls for a vampire. Though in order to be with her, he must take on her creator, who is protected by an army of monsters in the Hong Kong underworld. Yeah, that I mean, yeah. you couldn't put more fun words together I know, right? uh, than than that. Those were all my favorite words. It's like a mad uh, lib of awesomeness. Yeah, and I believe it's a it's a really popular and loved comic book. I want to say, is yeah, what I read. I've heard of it, but I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't know anything about it. Yeah, and so I remember seeing that that he was making this, and people were really excited that he was the one that uh, that bought the rights to this. Uh, yeah, a graphic novel by Tom Coker. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's it's gonna be violent, gory, total action fest. What a what a blast! What a what a what the right director can do for that movie is amazing, and and he's he couldn't be a more perfect director for this. I it's agree. an image comic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps up everything for today. Uh, we will try to come back next week. We've got some work to do. We've got to watch some stuff because we've got our award show. Hopefully, we're gonna have it out next week. Okay. All right. Sounds good to me. See you then, bud. All right.